Welcome to this episode of ClearedCast, your source for security clearance, intelligence community, espionage, national security, and defense contracting updates, and our exclusive interviews with intelligence community and government leaders. Today, we're going to be talking about the pros and cons of working for a defense contractor. Whether you're working in the commercial sector or you're thinking about coming over to the GovCon world, maybe you're in a federal service gig right now and looking for a change up. But regardless of which path you've taken in the past, you'll find pros and cons to any industry or facet of working in the DOD, in my opinion. Today, we have Jilly Ham, Jilly Hamilton, here with me today to unpack some of these pros and cons. And we've both worked as contractors in the past, so I'm excited to hear your stories, Jill. Awesome. Excited to share. I thought that we could start out with some cons. Let's get the bad out of the way. Uh, Start with the negative. Yes, start with the negative. So one of mine, just changing requirements that were coming from the government. Being a recruiter, the constant change in requirements is frustrating because you feel like you're chasing this figment sort of person waiting on mm-hmm. approval in terms of staffing. That was another one of mine. Uh, the government is slow to approve. Right. Everyone's very busy, but uh, anything like that for you, Jill? I definitely think the funding streams, it's hard because, you know, as budgets change or continuing resolutions, mm. those would hold things up until the last minute sometimes because you weren't sure if funding was going to be released for you to start the contract the next day. I, I think contractors contractors a little bit more not immune to those just be, if your contract's already in place and you're not waiting for the contract start date or anything like that then it's fine so that's helpful <laughs> except for payment maybe um but so that's a little bit harder sometimes as a government employee but as a contractor i think anytime administrations change you know programs that you used that were you know everybody was let's pour everything into here you start educating in that way and then suddenly priority shift and you have to make sure that you can keep up with the changing times, which is always a good thing to have like that capability anyway. Right. But that could just feel a little bit disconcerting that you're not quite as in control Mm -hmm. as the contractor. You're always reporting to someone else, which at times is freeing. Sure. (laughs) But you know, if you're somebody who likes to take control and like run with something and have an idea and go with it, that could be harder to deal with. I think. Yeah. Well, and it's almost, you know, not having that job security. Uh, Another, you have to be okay with change. You have to be okay with relinquishing that control. You have to be okay with, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe your contract company, contracting company is going to change. So if you're a subcontractor and, you know, the prime that you were working with uh, somehow doesn't win the contract again, then you have to be okay with those changing requirements. Right. Right. Yeah. Definitely acquisitions or, you know, your prime losing and then you having to work for a different um, prime contractor, or even if you are hired by, you know, CETA contractors, mm-hmm. if they are working for one contractor and then it goes up for bid, a lot of times they just switch companies, but all those benefits, all those things that you signed on for one company, mm-hmm. you have to now make that decision. Do I want to trust this other one or, but I like my client so if I like the work I'm doing and I like my client, I'm just going to have to switch up my benefits. I'm going to have to switch up, you know, who my insurance is through, which right. I mean, we've, our family's done that before. And that can be the difference between $5,000 for out-of-pocket medical expenses mm-hmm. and no dollars <laughs> out-of-pocket. Sure. Med- I mean, so like all those things weigh into it. Uh, you just sometimes don't know until you walk through it. But That's true. So. 
Well, but again, for some folks that might be freeing, I know that, you know, millennials are notorious job hoppers. So that's why working for the federal government wasn't mm. necessarily attractive because they're not looking for, you know, a 30 year career where they're going to be doing the same thing. They like to job hop. So contracting may look a little more attractive to them. So right. any other cons that you think, Jill? I, I think there's just the persona sometimes of like, oh, you're just the contractor, you know, like the not more criticism, but a little bit like, like you're not, you're not the one in charge here. It doesn't always come out. And I think it's probably more indicative of the person being critical rather than the person being criticized. But I think you just have to know that you're going in and you're going to face a little bit of criticism when you mm. show up to a contract, uh, the client site potentially. So be prepared for it, you know. <laughs> get a little thicker skin on and um, just know what, yeah, know what you're walking into. So that's true. Well, you don't have the prestige of saying, uh, you know, I I work for the department of army as opposed to, well, I work for the small contractor that you've probably never heard of. So (laughs) yeah, there is that prestige there. If you are a government employee, you can, you know, I'm not sure that it's true, but there is that culture amongst the customer site that is that is very true. Yeah, I mean, so, I've experienced it. Yeah, I chalked it up to being just yeah. I was younger at the time, so I'm like probably coming down to me for like I'm like fresh fresh out of school. I don't know anything that kind of thing, so <laughs> I kind of wrote it off a little bit. But I've, I've heard other people say it too, so it's it's there. But there's a lot of great people there too, so. Sure. Well, and it's having that tougher skin, walking into it, knowing what you're walking into and not taking, you know, everything personally is a great piece of advice, Jill. Let's talk about some pros. Let's talk about the good stuff of working as a defense contractor. You mentioned benefits. Sometimes you can find contractors that have excellent, excellent benefits that potentially, you know, the federal, I know that benefits have gotten really interesting in the last couple of decades, last decade, really pet insurance, which is a fun one. There's potential for gaining some benefits that maybe the federal government hasn't adopted. So any other benefits in your opinion? Well, I think education is huge um, because not all contractors offer it and they all offer it to varying levels. And I believe the federal government has some it's usually up to like a certain amount per year. We had one contractor that actually paid like 100%. As long as it lined up with what you were doing and the work and everybody signed off on it, all that kind of stuff. But that was part of their overhead budget and they paid for a doctorate for for, for one person. Like So I think like, and so for me, like mine was not at 100%, but I still was able to go back and get my MBA, which was really helpful. I saw a one-to-one correlation with just critical thinking skills on the job right away. It's just hard because you can't tangibly measure those things. So I think education benefits are a really great deal as well as, I, like, if it's sometimes it's hard when there's pay categories on contracts, like you can't like necessarily get a raise right then and there. But if you can keep your eye out for like different contracts coming and understanding, okay, I now have 10 years of experience, more than the last Mm. contract that they bid me on for like five years ago. And now I have a master, so I could actually be put at this category instead. 
then you can kind of start greasing these kids for like, not only are they going to be, I mean, they're going to be able to make the money no matter what on you as in the contracting world, but your company can, Mm -hmm. but now you can then put into like push for a raise. Like those things are options. You know, when you know that there's a new contract coming up, like you can kind of get an idea for the system or shift to a different contractor, you know, do the job hopping thing and get more pay that way as well. So I think there's a little bit more upward mobility in a faster manner in the contracting world sure. than, of course, in the federal yeah. employee world. <laughs> no, uh, that, that's very true, though. You can navigate the career landscape, I think, maybe quicker, but have more robust sort of path ahead of you. And I think mm-hmm. one thing that that's due to is, you know, working in the federal government or as a govy, I think you're a little more prone to experiencing some of the office politics as opposed to working as a contractor on site. I think that govies have to deal with that a little bit more. Well, because there's paperwork for everything. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't have somebody above you that actually wants to fight and deal with all the bureaucracy, then you're kind of stuck where you are. So you have that against you as well as the labor categories. If you haven't hit two years or maxed out your step you don't move up, you know, and then you can get as a federal employee, you can get hit by pay freezes or one of the things I actually want to write about soon. It's just like, there's a point where like, if you're at a GS 15, you might not actually make more money than somebody who's a GS 14 in a different area. I mean, that that is the case anyway, with all the different steps, but because of like different compression, like if you hit, if you're too senior, you can't actually, you won't see any of the locality increases or the cost of living increases sometimes, like they just won't apply to certain bands. So it's just, it can be a little bit more discouraging and your why for work definitely has to not be tied as closely to the dollars. Sure. You know, sometimes that's easier said than done. But I do think like as a contractor, you can take that instability and you can move your career along and have a really close eye on your resume and gain experience and education at the same time in a way that you might not be able to do if you start out young, I think in the federal government sometimes. Sure. It is different, but. Different strokes for different folks, for sure. So you see folks that, you know, work as contractors, they go to the federal government, they come back to contracting, and then you see folks that stay in federal government. So again, different strokes for different folks. I thought that we could touch on maybe some of the similarities to both. I know that recently there's been the security clearance process has gone through some, you know, different reforms and they're trying to make policy-wise the process a little bit similar for government workers and contractors, which is great. Another similarity between the two is just working in and around sort of the military DOD culture. The government is great with acronyms. We all know that. But, you know, having that knowledge or brushing up on that knowledge, if you are a young worker interested in working in the DOD, that is a similarity that you can find between the two. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that, Jill? Absolutely. Like, I think it was such a great gig for me to start out in the contracting world when I was definitely younger. And even, you know, for those that are older, too, like, it it helped me get a lot of different experience and be able to do work that I could feel proud of. I know Mm. that sounds a little cliche, supporting national security. You feel like you're on the same team and you're able to come alongside each other. Like you have different roles and between employees, like the government employees and government contractors. But at the same time, there was a lot of like a one team effort, like like coming alongside and locking arms and like advancing national security just in different ways and different projects. Mm -hmm. 
I liked because I could jump on like some, I think I probably supported like two to three different contracts, sometimes all at one time, you know, you get it with different hours and you just kind of get a different taste for different things happening all around the country that are different national security efforts. So yeah, you definitely have to learn your acronyms. That's one way, <laughs> you know, entering into the DOD, like <laughs> just start writing them down in meetings and, mm. and get a running list, you know, sure. make so. yourself a glossary glossaries, mm-hmm. uh, security clearance glossaries. I know that we have those here at clearance jobs, but acronym glo- glossaries, if you're interested in joining a defense contractor or the federal government very much need to know. And I, I think that's a great takeaway though, Jill, that, you know, regardless of whether you're working as a govy or a defense contractor, sort of leaving those office politics at the door and realizing that we are all on the same team and you guys are contributing to the same mission. I think is probably the biggest takeaway. So any other pros, cons, mm-hmm. or similarities that you want to throw out there today for our listeners at ClearedCast? Well, I don't know. I do. Th- I think it was really great. It's been great to like just all the different interesting people you get to meet from all over. Part of that's been being in the DC metro area where you just, you're only a degree or two away from people who know people at all times, but mm-hmm. you just hear a lot of interesting stories from all over that has just been it was, it was really cool. So, and like I said, like it's when you feel like you're doing work that matters, you're supporting either somebody overseas or somebody here in country that's advancing national security. It really puts some meaning behind what you're doing. And that that's always encouraging to do. So, well, like we said, no matter which path you choose, there are pros and cons to each. And we have tons of information on those. So Jill, thank you so much for joining me today for this episode of Clear Great path. being here. And everyone can find all of that information at news.clearance.com. Thank you.